0: that we're together you know what it has to be acknowledged right that this is kind of uncharted territory I mean I I have to say it's a first for me when we have announcements that are about all the things that aren't happening this week (laughs) at our church campus but you know what it's important for us to, to come together in a time like this and to continue to be the body of Christ and we're hearing the term social distancing quite a bit but it's important that we not engage in spiritual distancing that we not engage in relational distancing, that, that we engage, in fact, all the more. So uh, as you just heard Heather say, like reach out to some people, find, find a way to make sure to go above and beyond, make, make a couple extra phone calls to people in your, in your community, in your life group, in the team that you usually would serve on at, at Centerpoint Church and stay connected and bless each other because we need it. We need each other and we need the blessing of God in this time. So I get the privilege of kicking off a new series called Zeal, and I had planned this uh, about six months ago, but I had planned it a little bit differently than I'm actually going to be bringing it. But you know, zeal is one of those words that we don't use too often. Uh, but it shows up every now and then. And usually we use the word zeal uh, to describe somebody who has it. And even if we don't ha- have the exact definition in our minds, we could probably get a sense of what that word zeal means. And we easily kind of think about it in these terms. Like, for example, these people, these people uh, they have zeal for their candidate, or maybe they're just zealous for the color orange. I don't know, but that's a little bit of what zeal might look like. Or these girls, these girls have that, that Bieber zeal, right? I mean, they're crying out of that passion they feel for the guy, right? Or, or uh, this guy has the most Disney pins in the entire world. That is a whole lot of zeal for all things Disney. Somebody right now is just saying, amen. You know, if you, If they can't be open, at least you can hold the pins, right? And then, uh, the, you know, sports fans, of course, are known for uh, their zealous ways, right, in stadiums all across the country, except not maybe right now. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> there's zeal that's expressed like the Texas Longhorns guy who's like about to jump out onto the field and become a, 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 a Texas Longhorn himself. But uh, I love this guy, the, a, a zeal for chasing tornadoes, right, and build a weird vehicle and just get out there. And I mean, so, so these are all different pictures of zeal. We could go on and on. Uh, But the idea is that that zeal is usually a word that we describe uh, a person who who has that thing called zeal. And in this message, I do want to call you, in a sense, to zeal. But let's start by understanding together what zeal is. You'll need to stick with me over the next five weeks because I can't sum it up in just one message. Uh, There's a lot that needs to be said about zeal. And uh, I I would start this way by just simply defining it. Zeal is a fervent and passionate expression, an energy or an enthusiasm in pursuit of a cause or objective. That's kind of what zeal is. And in this series, I want to call all of us to zeal for God. I want to call us to zeal for the house of God. I want to call you to zeal for the name of Jesus Christ. I want to call you to zeal for the power of God coming into our community. I want to call you to zeal for the presence of God. I want to call you to zeal for a holy living. I want to call you to zeal for the love of God pouring into you and flowing through you. I want to call you to zeal on a personal level. But I want to start by calling your attention to the zeal of God for you so yeah we'll talk about the calling of God for each one of us to live with zeal but first I just want to give you a picture of God's zeal for you you know I love I love the idea of zeal, and, and I found uh, in my life that it's something I enjoy. I enjoy living with zeal, but in particular, I love living with zeal for God's kingdom. And, and I remember this one moment. It was probably about 15 years ago. Early on in my time as pastor of this church, uh, I, there was this one guy, George, that would uh, come by and visit me every now and again. And, and he was really rough around the edges, this guy, George. And uh, he would come by, and he would make prophetic pronouncements to me, and, and it was, would startle me sometimes, and, um, but I remember this one day in particular. It was raining and he came to our, our, our little office there by the mill and uh, he knocked on the glass storefront window where he knew my office was and he beckoned through saying, come on out here. And it was raining, but he wanted me to come out in the rain. And I wanted to stand under the eve of the place, but he said, no, and he dragged me into the parking lot. And then he just looked at me and he took a deep breath. And then he, with a loud voice, he said, I like you, John Hansen, because you're salty. And he said it then like 10 times. Like, 10 times. You could imagine, right? That would kind of mess with you a little. Somebody just making you stand in the rain and then shouting, I like you because you're salty. You know, it was just one of those weird moments. That guy was a zealous guy. He was full of zeal. But what, what I appreciate is what he was saying to me it was one of the greatest compliments of my life. I mean, he was saying, in a sense, I see, all that, I see that zeal for God in your life, and, and I'm grateful that somebody saw that in me, of whatever else he could have seen, he saw that, and, and I, I hope that people will see your life, and more and more they would say about you, oh, she's salty, he's salty, that they would see the zeal for God coming through your life. But I want you to turn right now to Isaiah chapter 9, because I do want you to begin not with your own zeal but with the zeal that God has for you. And so as you're turning there to Isaiah chapter nine, uh, this is one of those moments in Israel's history. This is roughly almost 800 BC. And Isaiah is speaking prophetically. Isaiah, as a prophet, is spending time in God's presence. And in being in God's presence, you could imagine he's getting a strong sense of everything God is saying, and he's speaking it forth. And it pertains to the immediate circumstance of the people of Israel, the Jewish community. But because it's the word of God, it also carries forward into further history that will unfold. But because it's the breath of God-inspired words, it also carries even beyond that to a third circumstance, which is your life and mine. And so... This, this scripture that you turn to, uh, I want you to just make sure you open your Bible right now and turn in the scriptures or flip through the pages. If you are at home, uh, you probably have that Bible that's been sitting on your end table. Grab that one. It's been feeling neglected. <laughs> so just go ahead and grab that and uh, turn to, uh, to Isaiah chapter 9. And you know, this is, this is where the chapter begins. It says, nevertheless, there will be No more gloom for those who were in distress. And I want you to just let those words soak in. Just the first statement. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. You know, the Jewish community at this time was experiencing a deep level of distress. They were at this time being carried off into captivity by Shalmaneser, the king of Assyria. Literally being carted off as slaves. Talk about gloom. Talk about distress. Talk about things not turning out the way you wanted them to. I mean, it was a deeply gloomy time. And yet in the middle of that, in the middle of the worst time ever, the prophet senses the heart of God for God's people to say something that is so antithetical to what they see right in front of them at that moment. And the statement begins, nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in darkness. And this statement It called those Jewish people in that time to choose hope. And it called the people around the time of the birth of Jesus to continue to choose hope. And those words call you and me in this time to continue to choose hope. We might see what looks like gloom. We might see what is, in fact, a time of distress, but we don't let it extinguish our hope. In fact, instead, we choose all the more to believe the Lord our God and to hold on to hope even in the midst of what is truly distressing in front of us. And so there's a call to hope. And so I want you to take to heart this scripture and let it call to you as well. And to choose today hope in your God. And I want you to just say this phrase one time. I choose hope. I choose hope. Say it again in every family room. Say it. I choose hope. It is your choice. Yeah. With every evidence presenting itself to you that seems to speak of chaos yeah. and craziness mm-hmm. and lack and distress <laughs> and gloom. You are the people of God, and you choose hope. Say it again. I choose hope. I choose hope. I I call to see things differently. That's what I believe this scripture is speaking to. I think that if you and I would embrace this hope, we would understand something about the nature and the character of our God, and so I want to make sure that we understand that This idea of zeal is first and foremost about who God is and what God does. And so let's keep reading in Isaiah chapter 9. I jump down to verse 6. This is what we read there. Isaiah 9, 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, once you say that last phrase out loud, all together, ready, go. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Say it one more time go. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Yeah, that phrase is what has captivated my attention this week. And you know, we read those words, and uh, it's quick to kind of go, oh, yeah, that's the Christmas verse, right? But I hope that you can see that it's much more than just the Christmas verse, that it's a prophetic declaration of God's heart for you and who he really is and who he desires to be for you, who we are meant to know him to be. And yes, we understand that word zeal in terms of people who have it, but I'm telling you today that God has zeal. God has zeal, and his zeal has an object, and the object of the zeal of God is you. The object of the zeal of God is to manifest all of the fullness of his nature, his character, and his identity to you. The nature and identity and character of God is fully seen and realized in his son, the one and only son in whom we have salvation. And the object of the zeal of God is for you to know who he really is and to experience the reality of his presence, giving you the peace that his government is known for and so this is the the hope I have is that you and I would embrace this now, again verse 6 this is what we read it said for to us a child is born to us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders now, I don't want this to be interpreted in a political sense I want you to understand it in the technical sense of the word the government the rulership yeah. the reigning The ordering, the holding together, the issuing of eternal mandate, this is all on his shoulders. The government will be upon his shoulders. In a time like this, some of us can begin to feel like, man, I just feel like the weight of the world is on my shoulders because of some of the uncertainties and difficulties that we're wrestling with in a season like the one we're living through. And I want you to hear this. Again, the government will be on his shoulders. Take peace in this, that he is ordering, reigning, ruling, upholding, stabilizing, and sees the end from the beginning. And his kingdom, his government doesn't have any end. Now, I want to continue to uh, draw your attention to the scriptures. It says in uh, the next part, he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, everyone say Wonderful Counselor. Wonderful counselor. The object of the zeal of God is to reveal and manifest to you His nature, His character as Wonderful Counselor. And you know what? We need Wonderful Counselor Jesus, yeah. don't we? Yeah. We need a Wonderful Counselor because we need transformation and comfort. A counselor does bring just that. Counselor brings transformation and comfort, and we need comfort. It's okay to acknowledge it. It's okay to acknowledge it. I don't know about you, but I did go to the grocery store earlier this week, and I had that eerie sense of people kind of looking out of the corner of their eyes at one another, and I've never experienced that before. And in moments like that, I need comforter, wonderful counselor, Jesus, and he comes quickly. You know, we need comfort. We also need transformation. We need transformation of the way we are perceiving what we're going through. We need transformation of our very inmost being. We need transformation of our mindsets. And we need the wonderful counselor. And he is there. You know, I want to encourage you today to let him be the wonderful counselor to you. Remember, we read the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And this is part of it will accomplish him being just that for you. A wonderful counselor. Earlier this week, I was, uh, I was in my neighborhood looking at the hills on the west side of Marietta. And I was just looking at the hills and thinking about things. And then I remembered that just seven months ago, the hills looked like this. Maybe you remember seeing our little town of Murrieta on CNN. And that was my street on CNN like right down the street from me. And I remember in the day, it looked like that. But then at the nighttime, it looked like this. It was it was, it was ablaze, And it was frightening. I remember standing on my street that night and all the feelings of looking at the hills with fire coming closer and closer. And I remembered all of the sense of, of doom and dread and all of those feelings. Maybe some of you remember that. But then I was standing there this week in the morning and this is what I saw. I saw hills that were green. And those flames were a memory. And I felt like Wonderful Counselor was counseling me and whispering to me saying, this too shall pass. This too shall pass. It's like as though Wonderful Counselor was calling me to recognize something, that this is a moment. This isn't the new normal. This is a moment that we're walking through, that it's temporary. This too shall pass. Why don't you just turn to somebody right now and just say that phrase to them, this too shall pass. It's important that we keep this in mind because that is what Wonderful Counselor wants to bring our attention to. It says though, he will be called, this is the verse again, it says he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace, and He is Mighty God. The, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this; that He would reveal to you that He is in fact Mighty God. You know this phrase that's used is a particular phrase. It's El Gibor in the Hebrew text of the Bible, and that term Gibor it's the term that would be used to describe Goliath. <laughs> it, it, it's a term that's used to describe someone who is the champion, someone who is the hero. And, but it's, it's modified by the, the first part, El, El Gabor, God who is the hero, God who is the champion, God who is the one who comes in for the rescue. And, and today, I want to urge you to, to reclaim your hope in the mighty God, El Gabor, the one who is the rescuer, the one who is the hero, the one who is the champion that you can depend on, the one who's fighting for you. Because let's say it, right now, for some of us, we feel kind of vulnerable. Right now, we feel a little bit uh, shaken and and uncertain. But I want to call you back right in this moment to placing your faith in mighty God and knowing him today to be your shield and your defender and the one who is the champion fighting for you. Just say it right now. Say, he's my mighty God. Yeah. Yeah, he's my mighty God. That's who he is. We embrace this. And... Verse 6, again, it says he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Everlasting Father. He is the Everlasting Father. I remember a time when I was in college when I had one of those worst days ever. It was bad. I got cut from a program at my school that I had been part of for two years, and it meant my college career was over And it seemed to speak over me that uh, everything was going to fall apart and that that it was done. I was done. And I I was weeping. I was crying. And this was before the days of cell phones, right? And and I just really wanted to hear my dad's voice because I had the kind of dad that when something like that happened, he he wouldn't uh, cut down on me. Instead, he would build me up. My dad was a father who would speak words that would build me up and lift me up. And so when I did finally get back to my place and called my dad, I was so grateful to hear my father's words to me, speaking and saying, this just means that there's something better for you. You're going to make it. This isn't the end. This is just a new beginning. (laughs) My dad was speaking those kind of words because he was a good dad. But I wanted to tell you today that you have an everlasting father that is willing to speak those good words over your life and over your circumstance and over your mind. And when people around us seem like they're about to lose their everlasting, love in mind maybe it's time for you and me to grab hold of the arms of the everlasting father and say I trust you father just say it right now I trust you father just say it again I trust you father say it one more time I trust you father I trust you father, trust you, father. you are the everlasting father and your love never quits yeah. you never give up on us on. glory to God and the scripture continues. It says, He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Yeah. Prince of Peace. We've got a moment that is chaotic. It's a crisis. And it's not that, that I'm declaring hysteria, it's just the facts are that it's a crisis. But you and I don't need to partner with the spirit of chaos. In fact, I'm calling you to attention, church, to say, be on alert to not partner with the spirit of chaos. In fact, when you sense chaos trying to grip hold of you, I want you to instead determine to shut it down. It's easy. You simply say, I shut down the spirit of chaos right now, in Jesus' name. (laughs) That's kind of how it works. You can do that. And watch. Watch how the... The thing that was seeming to rise up, to tear down your strength in your mind, begins to flee. Because the scripture says that when we resist the enemy, that he must flee. So resist that spirit of chaos and do so because you know that the zeal of the Lord Almighty is accomplishing something. It's accomplishing you knowing the presence and power of God as Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. Peace that, like Philippians says passes all understanding. It wasn't even about whether the circumstance was going how we wanted it to or not. It's a peace that transcends understanding. It's a peace that goes beyond logic. It's a peace that rises up from within because we need it to and because that's who he is. He's the prince of our peace. And that supernatural peace is available. It, it goes on and says this in verse 7. It says, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Not now. Not ever. There will be no end to his peace. My job is to keep bringing myself back into the place of his peace, his shalom. My job is to continue to recognize when I'm getting swept along by the current of chaos from the world around me. And resisting it and coming back to that place of peace. But not only that, church, you know what we get to be? We get to be those who bring that peace into the world around us. This past week, I was cleaning out a desk and I found in the back of my desk drawer going through all of those random little things, I found this little card and it was a Red Cross blood donor card from years ago and somehow, you know, gotten lost in the pile of stuff. And I didn't even remember that I had, had that card and I also didn't remember what my blood type was. But I looked at that card and it said, O negative. That means I'm a universal donor. That means I need to get over and donate some blood. right? Because I have something that everybody, everybody could benefit from. But I'm telling you, church, you have something that everybody can benefit from. You carry within you the presence of the one whose name is Prince of Peace. You get to manifest the reality of the reign of the Prince of Peace wherever you go. But we got to choose that. We got to choose in the middle of the storm to believe that he's greater than it. We've got to choose in the middle of our mind going a mile a minute to stop and to reclaim that peace of the Prince of Peace in those moments. And again, the scripture said, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. The object of the zeal of the Lord Almighty is you and God's desire to reveal to you, to manifest to you, to show to you the reality of who he really is, your wonderful counselor, your... Mighty God, your everlasting father, your prince of peace. And in this moment, we need him for all that he is. Yeah. And know that it's his zeal that will accomplish it. His zeal will bring it about. Zeal is, zeal is an interesting thing. It, it has certain kinds of effects. I remember one time sitting with this young woman named Anne Lee at a little cafe having lunch. And it was probably our third time having a meal together at a restaurant. And uh, I put my glass on the table and kind of shifted it out of the way. And then I just looked at her, moved my silverware out of the way, I don't know what that was going to do. Then I looked at her and I said, you know what, you're going to be my wife. (laughs) Third time going out together. (laughs) What that was, was an expression of zeal. You're going to be my wife. She pushed her chair away from the table and literally just said, how about let's just work on whether we're even friends, you know? But I had something inside of me. I had a zeal that was unstoppable. I was going to accomplish it, you know? And I did. Hey, come on, right there. So almost 20 years later, you know what? When the scripture says the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this, you got to know he will not fail you. He will make himself known to you as the one who is your wonderful counselor and your mighty God and your everlasting father and your prince of peace. This is who you are meant to be, one who knows him that way. I want to invite my wife to come up here for a moment. As we've been praying this week, uh, we have been uh, just listening for what God is saying, and uh, we wanted to just share some of that with you. So... Uh, If you don't mind, if you can share the sense of prophetic word that God gave you for us.
1: Hi. Hi. Good to see you guys. I was praying on Thursday because uh, it felt like things were really ramping up on Thursday. And I was asking the Lord, God, I need to know what is going on right now. What are you doing, Lord? And I felt like he gave me this picture. And it was... um, Father God, he was on his throne. Uh, I mean, it was a massive throne and a massive God. And he had the world, like, just in his hand, just like this, like, little, little world. And he threw back his head and he laughed. He was just laughing, like, just, ha, 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 you know? Um, and, um, and I, I said, um, what, what are you doing? <laughs> and uh, he looked right at me and he said, um, I'm raising up faith. I'm raising up faith right now, and, and I also heard him say, at the right time, I'm going to breathe my breath and end this, but not until I finish the work that I'm doing, wow. and then he showed me a picture, and he just, he just took the world in his hand, and he blew on it, and in an instant, the virus was gone and health returned. Yeah. Yeah. In this season where it just seems like fear is ramping up, let's have eyes to see what the Lord is doing, and I really believe him. At when he's saying, what I'm doing is I'm raising faith, let's be the people of faith that God calls us to be, right? We're people of faith. We, we believe in the unseen, right? And so let's take these times to really declare our trust in Almighty God. Amen.
0: So we're going to take a moment right now and pray together. And, and you're going to lead that time that we would just sense who God is. So. Okay.
1: Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We need to experience your presence. We invite you into our homes, we invite you into our families. We invite you to enter our bodies right now, our thoughts. And as your people, Lord, we declare our trust in you. We declare, Lord, that you are God. You are Almighty God. You are our good Father. And we are your kids, and we have nothing to fear, nothing to worry about, God. Even when we don't see it, you are working. You are working on our behalf. You are moving things, shifting things in heaven and on earth for your kids. And we trust you, God. And we receive all the peace of heaven. We receive all the rest that you give us. And we declare that our weapon is in the rest, in trusting you, and in leaning into you, embracing intimacy with you, Father, and looking at you, God, and gazing at you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We give you every concern. We give you all the fears. We give you all the anxieties. We give you all the lack of all the poverty, all the problems, all the complexities, all all the stresses of having our children at home for three weeks. (laughs) Lord, we give it to you. (laughs) We we say we partner with you, Lord, and we, we invite you to show us what you're doing, God, so that we can walk with you and to have your way among us. We love you, God. We honor you. We worship you. Your praise will always be on our lips. We will not be silenced. We will not be afraid and intimidated. God, your praise is always on our lips, Lord. So we worship you and we honor you, God. You are still God. Nothing has changed. We are still okay. Nothing has changed, God. So we trust you, Lord, and we celebrate you. Amen.
0: And while we pray, God, we take authority over... Uh, The coronavirus, COVID nineteen. Together by faith, we take authority over the disease, and we declare our faith in the name of Jesus. And we speak the blood of Jesus over that disease. And God, we ask that every every ounce of of miraculous insight and wisdom that can be given, that's needed, God, that you'd give it. That a cure would be found fast. That a vaccine would be found fast. That treatment options that are most effective would be found so fast, God. And we declare over this time while we are taking measures to keep distance, God, that there would be no spread in our valley, in our community. We declare this by faith in the name of Jesus. We take authority over this disease and we cancel every demonic assignment to spread it in Jesus' mighty name. Just wherever you are just do that with me just say I take authority over this coronavirus in Jesus mighty name and I shut down every demonic assignment to spread it just say it again I take authority in Jesus name over this coronavirus and I shut down every demonic assignment to spread it in Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' mighty name. While we're praying together, maybe you are uh, joining us online, and this is all kind of new for you. What I want you to know is that there's an opportunity for you to know Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Yeah. And there, there is grace for you. Yeah. There's mercy for you. There's forgiveness for you. There is an eternal salvation for you. There's the hope of heaven for you, and th- this... This gift, the gift of salvation, is something that me and most all of us that are watching and a few of our friends that are gathered here, we, we have received this gift. We, we didn't do anything to earn it. We didn't deserve it. We didn't clean up our act well enough to finally, you know, get God to want to love us. No, no. The way it works is he looks at us and sees that we are, in fact, stuck in our sin and says, yeah, but I don't want to leave you that way. And he sends his one and only son to us, a son has been given, a child is given, and it's Jesus. And when, when there's a gift like that that's given, all that remains is for you and I to receive. And so if you've never received Jesus into your life to be your savior, if you've never given him your life to say, be the Lord of my life, do it now. And while we're gathering together, even online, the scripture says that where two or three are gathered, he's there. And so even right where you're watching this message, If you are in this place of saying, I need Jesus, I want to give my life to Jesus, I want to ask him to forgive my sin and save me, all I'm asking you to do is to to click on the live stream that that you're committing your life to Jesus today. And our pastors are ready to engage with you online and and help you to take the next step. But as you click there, that you're committing your life to Jesus, or if you're on Facebook live, just type into the comments, I want to give my life to Jesus. Now just pray. And right where you're sitting, just begin to pray and just start simply by saying, Jesus Christ, I believe in you. Yes, there's a lot more detail to figure out. There's plenty of time to figure out the detail, but it begins there. Jesus Christ, I believe in you. And just begin to talk to him for a moment and say, Jesus, I want to ask you to be the Lord of my life. I need you to guide me. Jesus, I need your peace. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you paid the price for my sin when you died on the cross. And I'm asking you to wash away all the guilt and shame and and the fear. Wash it away. Break it off of me. Jesus, I believe you conquered death and you're alive. And so I'm asking you to come into my life, Jesus. Be my Lord. Be my Savior from this moment on. Jesus, Prince of Peace, I'm yours. God, thank you that in a moment where it feels like there's a lot of shaking, we can trust in you to be our foundation. God, thank you that that we find in you a source of strength that never stops. God, thank you that we find in you one who comforts us and gives us hope. God, thank you that we find in you the one who lifts us up out of the ashes, and together as a church, we, we declare that this too shall pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And prophetically, we look beyond this moment. We, we see seven months from now <laughs> when, when, when things that we need are available at the stores and where people aren't looking at each other weird and where uh, the, the work is going the way it should. We believe you for that, God. We choose to look ahead with faith. And right now, we choose to say, yes, you are our foundation. So church, as we uh, get ready to dismiss, I want to urge you again to stay connected with each other. Uh, Yes, we are going to do the social distancing, but we're going to do the spiritual closening. So text somebody, message somebody, tag someone on a post and call somebody, stop by someone's house. A, a, a bunch of us are doing what we're doing now in watch parties all throughout the valley because even though we don't want to do a large gathering, we do want to get together. And if you are at home and you're feeling vulnerable and you need, you need help, make that known. Let your care request be known. You can do that on mycenterpoint.tv. Uh, you can do that even in the comments. And if you need something and if, if we are able to, we want to come, especially if you're shut in in any way. We want to be here for you. We're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to be okay. Our community is going to be okay. And this this day of prayer, national day of prayer, the rest of this day, we're going to keep on praying. We're going to keep on just honoring our God together and making our requests known to Him. But we're doing so from a place of confidence and trust in Him. You're going to make it.